Hello, my name is Christian Wagner, and I'm the Militant Thomist. So I'm coming at you with the second stream of the night before we went over a little bit of the life of Pope St. Pius X. And my wife bought this Pina Fraze LaCroix. I, I hate LaCroix. But guys, this... It isn't that bad. I'm sorry. Uh, don't don't rage at me. But I, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's actually that bad. You're back already. Yeah, I said that I wasn't going to do a stream, and then my wife reminded me that I had something that I wanted to wanted to do. So I want to kind of in the first like 15 minutes go over what I think is the best. Yeah, I know Lacroix gross, but this flavor is like the only flavor I actually like. I wanted to go over uh, what I think is the best uh, dogmatic theology intermediate level. I know I've covered it a few times and I'm also going to do some Q&A. So if you have questions and want to interrupt me with questions and stuff, I will I will stop uh, ranting about how much I love Hunter. So always got to keep it on your floor. But this is Sylvester and it's going to be in the description below if, if you want the links. Then I could also go over all the other books that I like about different topics. If you have questions about those when asking about a specific topic. But this is Sylvester Joseph Hunter outlines of dogmatic theology in three volumes. I kept it pretty cheap. I think for the paperback, it's like 20 bucks, but as you see, it is completely typeset. I absolutely despise the, the grave error and the pernicious nature of those who republish books and do not typeset them. They just take the scans that they get off of archive.org and then upload them and then steal money from people. It's the worst. But all of this hard work typesetting it, look how beautiful that is. That is that is an actual actually good book. So yeah, it's just there's a section heading, as you see. It's completely typeset. It's not a terrible book. So I wanted to go over the, uh, I decided to copy the um, table of contents and then a section on, on the Protestant rule of faith and reason, which was, which was an interesting section to read. You can see how concise he is. What's great about Hunter is that as a former Anglican, um, well, myself being a former Anglican, I really like him because he was a English Jesuit. I know, boo, boo, he was a Jesuit. But this was in, in the 1890s when Jesuits were, were absolutely beautifully great. Yes, thank you for your generosity. We need typeset. Yes, I typeset all of the books that I republish. Let's see. Manual of Catholic Apologetics, which is basically the like a scholastic manual in apologetics. It's great. Look, typeset. It's not that hard to typeset, guys. Like, stop being an autist and posting like 500, uploading 500 books a day to Kindle and then not typesetting any of them. So everybody thinks that they're getting a good book, but they're actually getting just some archive.org trash that you put into a, put into binding. It didn't do any work on. Then also the cover, you didn't even do the cover. It's, it's the worst. Don't, don't even get me started on how much I despise book publishers that do that. But not Militant Thomas Press. Nay, nay. Militant Thomas Press, we 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 typeset everything. And we make sure that 
we have the most beautiful, just like the SCOTUS. Let, let's see if I have my SCOTUS uh, volume that I'm, I'm currently in the process of, of editing. Can't find it. Where did I put it? Can't find it at the moment. Maybe it's somewhere back there. Oh, there it is. The Ordinatio of Blessed John Duns Scotus. There it is. And this is my proof copy. So that's why there's this thing, as you'll see in some of them. But I went off on this one. This one, I beautifully said it. Look at that. That's the most readable scholastic manual you're ever, well, scholastic anything you're ever going to find. Look, headings, beautiful headings. As you can see, I really, really put in the hard work. So if you want any of these books, um, let me see if I can find something else that just shows how amazing. There it is. Look, question headings, beautiful. I even have part pages. Let me see. Page below. First part on the necessity of revealed doctrine. Yes, I, I, I make sure I go hardcore when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to these. So I feel like I pick up most of these just to read the sections on the Trinity because I'm a lame prot and most modern explanations of the Trinity are bad. Yes. Yes. Uh, this Hunter, you know what, what I'm thinking of doing is because these are some meaty volumes. So let, let me, let me know if you guys would like this, but the way, so I'm going to share my screen right now. We need more obscure scholastics translated. I know. It's ridiculous how many of them are still in Latin. Eventually, I'll I'll start uh, reprinting uh, works like that. It's just funding and then translation skills because I can translate them, um, but it takes a lot of time, and time I do not have. So this is the um, the table of contents right here, and as you see, he splits them up into various treatises. I think if I remember correctly, it's 30 treatises. I was the guy who republished this. So I, no, 22, 23 treatises. See how bad I am. My memory is very weak. So he splits them into treatises. So Christian revelation and then chapters, four chapters. I'm thinking each of these treatises would be like 50, 60 pages. Um, let me see if I'm doing my math right. Yeah, be like 50, 60 pages. So what I could do is since uh, I think each of these treatises are basically standalone um, sections, I could just reprint them treatise by treatise. So Hunter's treatise on the Trinity, Hunter's treatise on Revelation, and just kind of make available a very short, like 50 to 60 page explanation on these various loci of Catholic doctrine. I think that would actually be really helpful. And then I'd be able to sell them for super cheap, like five, six bucks. So if you have a family member or something or, uh, or or somebody, you know, interested in theology, wants to know, OK, what is what do Catholics believe? What do Catholics actually believe about justification? Well, boom, just send the treatise on justification uh, for like five bucks. It, yeah, I think that'd be really helpful. But uh, let me know what you think, because I, I think this while it's really important to have like a three volume set like this, I, I think like little pamphlet sized sort of volumes just explaining uh, because he's relatively simple giving the biblical evidence, the patristic evidence, and then uh, all that jazz. I think that would be very helpful when it comes to, uh, when it comes to theology, because a lot of times people just want these just for the, just for a single explanation of a single doctrine, or maybe they don't want to 
put in the uh, probably like I think it's like sixty bucks for all three of these volumes, which is very cheap. But they don't want to put the sixty bucks in for all of them, so they might just want to buy one treatise at a time or something or whatever. So I think that'd be helpful. So how valuable is Hall systematic theology to you now? It's very valuable. I had just read the other day um, uh, when I was at work, I just read through. Um, let me think. I read through his volume on the Trinity because that's actually highly regarded by Paul. And if you know Paul, then he wrote the, uh, the famous, uh, what is it? 12 volume um, dogma, uh, dogmatic theology. Uh, he wrote that and he actually recommends Hall on the Trinity. And to my knowledge, he's the only Protestant that I've ever seen Hall recommend. I mean, uh, Paul recommend is Hall. So Hall is actually very, I actually really enjoy a lot of his volumes. Some of some things I'm like, yeah, I kind of disagree with him, but obviously we're going to have disagreements because he's a uh, reading systematic theologies at work based. If only I could do that. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, People make fun of it, but I'm an overnight stalker. So um, nobody bothers me. Uh, I just stock stuff and I can have AirPods in and I put put the the PDFs into my reader app and then I listen to the book while I work. So usually I can get through, sometimes I get through a whole book a night. I think two nights in a row, one night I read all of Hall's uh, volume on the Trinity and then all the polls volume on the Trinity. And that was the second time I've read both of those and they were amazing. Um, and I learned, definitely learned a lot uh, the second time around because it takes about eight to nine hours to listen to them. So in a shift, I can listen through most of it. Is it pronounced pole? No way. You're, you're just messing with me. You're making me try to sound dumb. Maybe if you could. Maybe it's right. I'm going to make everybody pronounce it poll, though. Catholic Encyclopedia mentions Hall. Yeah, Hall is actually very highly regarded by um, by the papists, so to speak. Very highly regarded by Roman Catholics. Hall is Hall was a wonderful dogmatician, um, and, and he definitely provided uh, provided a lot of the groundwork for for my own thinking on a lot of issues. He's very great. But yeah, with uh, with this, so there's a treatise on Christian revelation, and then all the links are below to, to buy the full book. Nature of revelation, blah, 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 blah. Uh, channel of doctrine, tradition, the Protestant rule of faith, which I have this section right here uh, from reason, the arguments from reason against it. I'm going to just read that paragraph. Monuments of tradition, which go over the various... Um, various channels in which we get tradition, scripture and tradition, development of doctrine. And then I'm not going to read through all the chapters. Treatise the third, Holy Scripture. Treatise the fourth, the church. Treatise the fifth, the Roman pontiff. The sixth, faith. Then volume two, the seventh, the one God. And this is a wonderful, wonderful treatment of this, except where is it? God's knowledge. Uh, when it comes to the Scientia media, I disagree with um, I disagree with Hunter on this, but that's a very minor point. Treat the eighth, the blessed Trinity. This is a wonderful treatment of the matter. It'll take you like two hours to read, and it gives you all of all, basically all the basics that you need. So treat the ninth on creation of angels, tenth man created and fallen, eleventh incarnation, twelfth the blessed Virgin Mary, thirteenth actual grace, fourteenth justification, fifteenth the sacraments in general. 
uh, 16th baptism, 17th confirmation, Holy Eucharist, penance, uh, extreme unction, order, matrimony, and then the treat the 23rd on the last things. So that that's kind of the general scope. He covers basically everything when it comes to dogmatic theology. So it's a very, very good work. So now I'm going to read the section on reason. Uh, so you can kind of get a reason against the, uh, again, Sola Scriptura. So you kind of get a flavor of how he writes. Because the reason he's so important for Anglicans is he's quoting Dr. Brown here. Because he is an English Jesuit, so he most of his interactions are actually with Anglican authors, which um, which is pretty pretty nice, uh, and it's refreshing because he's not like most. Uh, I remember um, who was I reading um, Father Lonergan uh, in his uh, uh, work on the Trinity, uh, Pars Dogmatica. And he was he was talking about uh, Protestant beliefs on the Trinity, and I, at least in his day, this was like early twentieth century. So can you blame him? But he was like, "Oh yeah, most uh, most uh, Protestants have basically went the way of uh, Schleiermacher, and uh, th- this is what most Protestants believe and everything." I mean, he was a he was a Catholic on the continent, so that's what he ran into most of the time. But it's refreshing reading. Um, reading uh hunter because he's actually interacting with a lot of the people who we would recognize um as protestants so it's pretty good so i'm going to read the section having exhausted his scriptural arguments dr brown this is dr brown's um commentary on the 39 articles attempts to show that reason favors the protestant view and first he says that tradition is proverbially uncertain and that it failed to maintain purity of doctrine under the old law, whereas scripture has secured us a knowledge of the great doctrines of the Trinity, Incarnation, and many more. We reply that whatever may have been the cause, the case with tradition under the old law, that of the new law has no uncertainty if, as we hold, it has been divinely guaranteed to us, and that scripture, apart from the living voice of a teacher, has wholly failed to keep the great doctrines alive. For these doctrines are rejected by many who hold scripture in reverence, but refuse to listen to tradition. To our argument that tradition was the first rule, he replies that it may have been changed, but he offers no proof that it actually was changed. He mentions that scripture is not written systematically, but urges that this Casual, casual collection of memoirs and letters may, under God's providence, have been so ordered as to convey all Christian truth. No one would deny that this may have been so, but the question is whether we have any reason to believe, in defiance of appearances, that it was so. He thinks that apostolic authorship is sufficient to establish the character of a book as being a portion of the scripture. Unaware, it would seem, that apostolic authority is by no means identical with inspiration, the special character of scripture. It would seem that Dr. Brown has failed to grasp our idea of tradition as being the voice of the living church, for he seems to think that it is to be searched for in the writings of the fathers, whereas we hold that the voice of the church of the 19th century is as authoritative as that of the church of the second century. The voice of the living man tells us what is the truth. The researches of the theologian may go to show us that this truth was explicitly known 1500 years ago but our faith does not rest on his researches
So there you go. That's a section from from him. And I will, I guess I'll take questions if you guys have any. Loretto tells you how it's pronounced in their description of the set. Uh, it's always a bit awkward uh, whenever people ask me what I'm reading in public, not because I'm ashamed of the faith, but just because it takes a while to explain what medieval scholastic dogmatics are. Pola. 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 Pole. I'm just going to keep pronouncing it pole. Would this entail that a consensus among the scholastics has as much weight as that of the fathers? Yes, it would. Let me. There's a section from the STS on the consensus of the doctors. There's a quote from Blessed Pope Pius IX on this question. See if I can find it real quick. Oh. oh, no. That's tragic. Where's my STS? Okay. Let's see if I can just find the quote on my own. Um, census. Okay. Oh, no, I can't find it right now. Sorry about that. But yes, the consensus of the schoolmen is also something which is infallible. So uh, let's say you have, let's say you have, uh, I don't know, uh, Suarez and the Suarezians and Scotus and the Scotists and uh, Thomas and the Thomas. And they all all agree on some certain thing. And you basically have all the inner schools within those who are all agreeing that a certain thing is um, of the faith. Then that would be um, the same as the consensus of the fathers is the consensus of the schools between I think it's like the 12th. And the like 19th century, 12th and 18th century, I think that's usually when it's delineated, would be something which is uh, infallible, just as the consensus of the fathers is authentic, um, authentic tradition and authoritative. When people ask me what I'm reading, I have to give them a 25 minute history lesson first. Yeah, it's, it's really awkward uh, at work. I'll get people... Uh, who asked me like, oh, like, what are you doing in your free time? And it's kind of hard to explain to them how, what, what I do in my free time. It's very difficult to explain to them what I do. Uh, it's it's almost impossible. And then they ask me like, oh, um, why are you working here? I saw your resume, uh, like what you studied in college and stuff. Like, what did, what did, what did you study? And I try to try to explain to them what I studied and uh, what I currently study. And it's very difficult to to explain to them because there's like normie people who 
you have no idea about any of the the nuances of of the faith so it's very difficult to explain to them like yeah this happened and this happened they're like well why are why are you working here why 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 didn't you just go to like pastor school or something and then just become a pastor and then i have to explain to them clerical celibacy and the fact that i'm married and then they get really confused about the fact that i'm married and i'm not in my 30s yet so it's it's a it's a huge mess when it comes to when it comes to explaining stuff like that to people okay i'm going to give you guys like a minute see if you guys have any more questions But yeah, I need to find out what happened to my STS. That's very sad. I just had the PDF and then it went missing. Okay, so I guess that's all I have for you. Remember uh, to go to christianbwagner.com shop to get any of the books that I've talked about today. And if you if you go to the links below, uh, the links below, I have listed the links to all of the book, the uh, volumes of Hunter on Amazon, and then become a patron at patreon.com slash militant Thomist. If you just want to bypass the whole process and get access to all my typeset PDFs. So that is all that I have for you. And God bless. Lord,